So what an awesome service so far, eh? I feel like we've, we've already gone places. Does anyone else feel like that? Yeah, we've already gone places. It's been good. It's been wonderful. I, um, <clears throat> I really kind of wanted to do something practical tonight, but I feel like there's already been a practical demonstration uh, of, of what you know, God likes to do, what He does best. Um, and so that's, that's been wonderful. Um, you know that song, <clears throat> the lion song? <clears throat> I've, I've almost lost my voice, just roaring. <clears throat> <laughs> and um, and I, I just I just got the sense that 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 song is is prophetic. And we were praying over a generation, um, you know, earlier. Uh, we ca- people came up and and there was a generational cry. And I just feel like um, that roar is a generational song. There's something over this young generation. And um, and I prayed this over somebody, but I felt like actually it was bigger. It's actually it's actually for. A, for that generation, that um, that God was going to awaken their spirit from slumber, and awaken the church, awaken His bride from slumber. That that maybe we've been in a sleepy season, <laughs> and this, our spirits, our human spirits, have been slumbering, and He's causing us to wake up. And that that roar, come on, uh, everyone, everyone, roar with me. <laughs> uh, that roar. Is a, is a summoning and awakening um, to rise up. And, uh, and, and God's going to cause us to be dangerous. Um, you know, a lion's dangerous, eh? So uh, I just, I wanted to do something practical tonight. Um, <clears throat> has anyone ever heard uh, somebody recently talk about the secret place? Has anyone heard that phrase? No, you, uh, it's on that thrown around every now and then, just... Someone's been harping on about it, and uh, actually we all have been, and, it, and I've heard a lot of people over the last month in particular going, yeah, what the heck is this thing, and should I just give it a go, and, uh, and what is it, and how, and so I kind of wanted to, to be a little bit practical, and just go through what is the secret place, how do we, how do we get there, what do we do, um, what are the benefits, what are the barriers, um, so quite practical, does that make sense? Cool. Uh, and I haven't nailed it yet. So um, fortunately, my iPad doesn't have numbers, page numbers. My laptop said something like 26, but my iPad it doesn't store numbers. So we're just going to flow and see where we land. Hey, Catherine, in 10 minutes. Uh, and uh, so there's, not, there's, no, there's no scriptures or anything because we're just going to run at a fast pace. But has anyone read Psalm 91 before? Yeah. Psalm 91 is amazing. If you've got a Bible... Uh, can you turn to Psalm 91? If you've got a phone, which you all do, um, <laughs> go to the version Bible app or whatever app you have. I don't care what version it is. Uh, just bring up Psalm 91 and just have a wee read while I talk. And uh, that's, that's just one way to speed things up. Um, but it's ultimately, it's Moses' song, right? And it's hard to know when Mo wrote this, but verse for verse, it's really beautiful. It's really positive. It's super reassuring. And it provides us proof that God will keep us from harm, that the believer is kept from harm, from illness, from deceit, from war, from dangerous beasts, um, from evil, ultimately. It's a beautiful psalm. Even even Satan, knowing this psalm, quotes it to Jesus in the temptation in the wilderness. When the Holy Spirit takes Jesus out into the wilderness and the temptation, he quotes verses 11 and 12 to him. And, um, 
He tries to persuade Jesus that God will, uh, will, will save him no matter what, even, even from an act of pride or foolishness. It's in Matthew 4. Um, but Jesus' response um, has heaps to teach us. Jesus, is, Jesus quotes Deuteronomy. He says this. He says, You shall not tempt the Lord your God, meaning that God cannot be forced to act on our behalf. He's not obligated to fulfill his promises. Um, but if you read through Psalm 91, there is a ton of promises there. They're just not automatic. They're a little bit conditional. And so we're going to look at the condition in that psalm. Um, <clears throat> we can depend on his protection, um, but God is not necessarily under an obligation to save us from the consequences of our own flesh. We reap what we sow, right? As uh, anyone read Galatians 6, verse 7 and to 9, it says this, Those who keep sowing in the field of their old nature in order to meet its demands, will eventually reap ruin. But those who keep sowing in the field of the Spirit will reap from the Spirit everlasting life. Now, current everlasting life. So there's this law, there's this cause and effect, right? We sow, uh, we reap what we sow. And so uh, I'm looking at the Psalm 91 and going, okay, Mo, where is the guarantee? Like, I love these things. I, I, I want protection. I want, I want these things in my life. I want these promises in my life. Where's the guarantee? And uh, it, says, it says in that very first couple of verses, it says there that these promises and more are for those who dwell in the secret place of the Most High. This is, this is how we reap from, this, from the Spirit. If you want a New Testament confirmation, um, you can turn there. But it's in Second Peter 1 to 3, it says, For his divine power has bestowed on us everything necessary for life and godliness, for dynamic spiritual life and godliness, that through true and personal knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence, for by those he has bestowed on us his precious and magnificent promises. These are the promises that Psalm 91 talks about. So that by them you may escape from the mortal, uh, immoral freedom that in the world because of disreputable desire and become sharers of the divine nature. What's that saying? <laughs> well, it says in there um, that for by these... And it's referring to what's the by these through true and personal knowledge of him. By these things, through by true and personal knowledge of him, you'll be sharers, you'll be partakers of the divine nature, this spiritual life that leads to godliness. So what is this true and personal knowledge of him? How do we how do we go there? Um the same way you develop an intimate relationship with anyone. Time, attention, your affection. This is, this is the secret place. This is, these promises are for those who dwell in the secret place of the Most High. It's, this is what Gideon's been harping on about. This is, uh, this is in fact, every series this year <laughs> brings us back to this point. <laughs> How do we live from heavenly realities? Dwell in the secret place. So what is the secret place? Theologically, this is for them, 
back in the Psalms days, uh, it was that Holy of Holies, you know, that earthly type of God's throne in heaven. Uh, so theologically for us, it's the inward dwelling of God. Practically, though, it's our intimate time with him. It's spending intimate time with him. See, Jesus came to reveal the Father, and a, a revelation uh, wasn't known of the Father up until the incarnation. Until there was a son, father-son dynamic, there wasn't really a revelation of a father. The religious people didn't know, they didn't relate to God as a father, um, and they often misrepresented him because of that. Much of the Old Testament scriptures misrepresent God assigning non-fatherly actions to him and behaviors and attitudes out of a bit of an orphan perspective. And so Jesus came to recalibrate their perspective. This is what it looks like to live as a son in relation with the father. So the father wants to encounter you and to show you who he is even more than you want to know him yourself. Like he wants to reveal himself to you even more than you want to know him. And he's actually waiting for us to come and to seek him. Matthew 6, 6, Jesus says this, But as for you, when you pray, go into your inner room, close your door, and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Does that sound really familiar? Does that sound like the start of Psalm 91 to you? See, if you look in the background of how the Greek words are written in this verse, uh, the translation is literally to go into the inner room of you. Go into the inner room of you. Lock the door of you. In other words, go into the inner room of your heart where the Spirit is indwelling within you and pray to the Father and Spirit. So how do we do that practically? Uh, in order to enter into God's presence, all you have to do is turn your attention to him and believe with childlike faith that you will encounter him. And we saw that so active tonight. It was like an object lesson before us. We engaged our faith, childlike faith, and said, I want to enter into your presence. What does that look like, God? How do you turn your attention to him? I think the first step is to recognize that God is within you, that, that he's already with you. Even, even if you don't feel him at a particular moment, it's the faith of going, oh, you're already here. So we could just close our eyes right now and we could take a few moments and actually think about the spirit of Jesus is alive inside of you. The Spirit of Jesus is alive inside of me right now in this very moment. You know, you could, even, you could start in, entering and encountering into His Spirit just by doing that in this moment of time. I um, wanted to spend some time with the Lord, but I had my kids this afternoon. And I lay on the tramp and I'm, I'm, I'm in a lot of group. Is anyone in those like messenger groups? You know, like way too many. <laughs> anyway, uh, I, I, what I do love is that people post worship. You know, I don't even have to look for worship music these days. I just press on whatever group and just find something. And so I was lying on the trampoline and in the sun. It was just beautiful. And I put on some worship music and I was just, I was, there was a bit of a wrestle. It's been a hard week. It's in our weakness that we come to him, you know. 
And I came to him with my stuff. And my children were around. One of them threw a ball at my nuts and it hurt. One of them hit me in the head with a stick. Uh, I threw the stick out of the trampoline and it hit a window and smashed the window. I, I ripped my favorite pair of shorts. Um, like there was just so much things going on in that moment. But I, I was able to just enter into the presence of the Lord, you know. And suddenly I'm on the tramp and I'm just, there's tears rolling down my cheeks. And I'm just going, oh, man, I just love your presence, Lord. You know, in the months of the turmoil and, the, and my, my eldest son came and snuggled in under my arm. He's like, what's going on, Dad? I'm just like, oh, I'm just listening to this beautiful worship music and just spending time with Jesus. And he's like, oh, cool. Sucks his thumb and snuggles in next to me. And I'm like, this is the secret place right here. Yeah. You know, this is, this, this is just like entering. I'm inclining my spirit, my heart toward him. And it says that. Uh, he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him, you know? And all, all it is is I, I just attuned myself toward him. You know, I think it takes, um, it takes an honest heart. Do you know that you can pray every day and it actually it might not make a difference if your heart doesn't really mean it, <laughs> you know? I've seen this. Believe me, I've seen it. Dutiful men praying rituals, for hours, every morning, and yet they reserve their vulnerable self and they withhold themselves from God, you know? But God is looking at our heart more than anything else because that's where your true character, your, your motives, your thoughts, your, your ambitions, your feelings, that's where they're hidden. In other words, the real you. And to God, your heart speaks louder than your words, Jesus says uh, in Matthew 18, he says, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. First Samuel uh, 16, 7 says, for the Lord sees, not as man sees, man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. There is nothing hidden from God. He already knows what you're thinking. He already knows what's in your heart before you come to him. There is no point in concealing it. Revelation 3.20 says, open the door of your heart to him and he will enter and dine with you. So your willingness to be open and transparent and vulnerable before God is what will separate the secret place from religious routines. You, you, will, you will carve out for yourself a secret place. It's about coming to him, coming to God just for him alone. Just, just setting everything else aside, the broken windows, the ripped shorts, the, <laughs> the pain, whatever you're carrying, the grief, the sorrows, the circumstances of life, and it's actually just going, I just want to be with you. I just want to come close. I just want to draw near to your heart. You know, everything flows out of that place. When you're connected to God's heart, even like his desires become your desires. Your desires become his desires. You know, when you have his desires, you, you won't, you'll never have a problem again, like interceding or praying for people. Uh, you know, you, you, you won't struggle with digging into the word because his desires become your desires. <clears throat> it becomes a the most natural thing to do, the most natural inclination of your heart. <clears throat> Often, um, 
this is just me personally, but I know that it will resonate with a lot of you in the room. I, I come to God with such a relief. Oh, finally. Oh, I can rest in your presence. I can, I can take this load off that I've been carrying around and just such relief pours over me. You know, like when I, be, I can suddenly let out my true self with him. Oh, Jesus, I've been holding on to this, you know. Oh, Lord, my, my heart's been wounded over here. And I oh, just, I, oh, I so long for your affection. And it's a, it's a place of letting go, you know. Uh, how many of you all think that life is challenging? Yeah. There's only a few of you. Some of you got to live in a breeze, live in the dream. I, I find life quite challenging. Life is quite unrelenting. There's a lot thrown at us constantly, day in, day out. And what do you do with all that stuff? You carry it around like a big load? And what, it's just going to become insurmountable until you're like, like dragging yourself along? Like we come into the secret place to, to express ourselves, to, to let go. It's like coming to the foot of the cross and just putting all your sin there, you know? This is an opportunity for you to process your emotions, to process life and walk out the journey of life with him. He is the best confidant. Often I just come with a question. So what about this? You know, and sometimes I wait for an answer. Sometimes there's just a reassurance. Sometimes there's just a, 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 a presence. There's a like, oh, okay, oh, it doesn't even matter. <laughs> oh, that's right. Are you, the why questions don't even have to be answered this side of this side of heaven. <laughs> and and there's this sudden peace and reassurance. Um, my favorite times with him is just actually just to sit and just to gaze. Just, just, to, just to adore him. Just see him in his beauty for who he is and just be grateful, you know. Um, the point is this. John, John 15, 15 says, this is Jesus speaking. This is Jesus speaking to us. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what the master is doing, but I've called you friends. For all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. He wants to make known to you everything that he's heard from the Father in the secret place. That it's just a posture of your heart. You know, it may be a physical spot. doesn't matter. might be the spa. For me, often, middle of the night, beanbag. Yeah. <laughs> He'll wake me up and I can't go back to sleep. He's often calling me. I feel this summoning like, hey, come be with me. You want to hang out? What are you up to? You were just sleeping anyway. <laughs> And then he's like, honestly, you're, just, you're not going to go to sleep until you come and hang out with me. So you may as well just come and hang out with me. So I go and sleep, sit in the beanbag. And I just often just soak. I just lie there and receive. I know that, um, you know, Jesus wants to tell us the secrets of his heart and share his heart with his friends. He, you know, he would much rather spend time with you, um, the real you, than some sort of polished, robotic version of you that, that, you know? You know, the presentation, the performance, the mask, the, the um, persona, he, 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 doesn't, he doesn't care for that. And so much, he's, he just wants to be with the real you. You don't have to re- hide anything from him. And I know it might seem a little strange to come to God like this, but um, 
consider this. Jesus, Jesus said that the kingdom of God belongs to the children. You know, and guess what? Like, my kids come to me messy as, right? Hey, Dad, did you ever wonder why, blah, blah, blah? You know, hey, Dad, I, I love you. You're my favorite person. Hey, Dad, um, this happened to me today. Hey, Dad, like, and they just bind, bound up on you and you climb up on your lap and they're just messy, you know? And, and we are his kids. He expects the mess. He anticipates it. And it's more wonderful that way. <laughs> But he is, he, is, he is the goodest father, said a word. Uh, he's waiting for you with his arms wide open, and he's the, he is the best father. <laughs> he's just longing for you to jump up on his lap and, and share your heart with him. But the choice is yours. The choice to seek him is yours. But relationships take time, right? Do you guys, is anyone in a relationship? Maybe you have a friend. Maybe you have a parent. Maybe you have a sibling. Yep, just a couple of you. Okay. Uh, it does, like, it happens over time, right? It happens over time. You know, there's no barrier between you and God. So, so the feeling of being stuck and connecting with Him, that glass ceiling, is actually on our end, right? Because He's torn the veil. There's, there's no glass ceiling. There's no wall. There's no... But if there is a stuckness, if there's a, oh, I can't push through, that's on our end. So what do we do with that? Because um, often we get stuck in like a, sh- a feeling of shame. You know, like, oh, there's something wrong with me or I can't, you know, I, I wasn't created to be able to sense you. I, I sincerely believe that every single one of us was created in such a way that we can encounter God, that we can feel him with our five senses that we can experience him, we can perceive him, uh, it, it may be internally, it may be physically, but, it, you know, he knows how you're wired and he knows the way in which you're going to receive from him, you know? You all know love languages, right? So he knows so much more about that than you know. <laughs> he knows how you're wired, you know? He's not going to give you this when you know, he knows that you receive it this way. So he's going to bring it to you that way. Uh <clears throat> I think the challenge is, though, that God doesn't always get what he wants. <clears throat> Does that, is that all right? Am I okay to say that? God doesn't always get what he wants, right? He, he, I mean, I'll illustrate this. He, he desires that all would be saved, right? He, desi- he wants to see his kingdom manifest on earth all the time. Uh, but he chose to do that through you and I. So it's partnership. So uh, intimacy in the secret place is available to us but it's available to us through faith. Like we have to come to him and believe that we will receive. Um, Hebrews eleven six says that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And if we continue on that journey of diligently seeking him, he will, he promises he will show us his glory in such a way that nothing else will ever satisfy ever again. Nothing else in the world will matter in so much as his glory, his beauty, his love. This is what I want to live for. So we, we need to find a place of prayer that works for you. Right? It, it, just, it may look like soaking in worship music. You know, sometimes for me, it's running up in the hills in the dark with my noise-canceling headphones on. And that's, that's like how I silence out all the distractions and I've already exhausted my flesh. 
And well, I might as well enter into the spirit now. <laughs> I don't know what is it for you, but you have to find your way. Um, does anyone know a woman named Catherine Coleman? Yes. So her prayer life, um, when asked about her prayer life, she said this. I pray all the time because if I limited the Holy Spirit to a certain number of hours a day, I would be in danger of using him for my own purpose. If, for instance, I spent one hour a day in prayer, I would expect that Holy, the Holy Spirit to reward me for that hour. I would begin to feel that it was that hour in prayer that caused the anointing in a meeting. Uh, no, I cannot use the Holy Spirit in that way. I must practice his presence all of the time. She manifested the power of God all, all the time in her, in her meetings. Um, Holy Spirit did a lot of stuff through this woman. And I'm not deifying her because I'm sure she had her stuff. But um, no matter how large or small the building was, people always knew when she entered the building. Even non-believers, because the whole atmosphere changed. Like Her, her life was just a commitment to the secret place. She, tra- she traveled constantly, and so she prayed continuously. Um, before her, her meetings, the staff would say that they would see her pacing back and forth, head up, head down, pacing back and forth, arms flung in the air, hands, hands behind her back, face just covered in tears. Like she just, her, her life was spent in that secret place. Oral Roberts described the intensity of her prayers like this. He said, it was like they were talking back and forth to each other. And you couldn't tell where Catherine started and the Holy Spirit left off. It was just this oneness. Wow. No wonder her, her ministry was characterized by signs and wonders, right? By power, by miracles. Oneness. Abiding. <clears throat> hmm. Yeah, I, we, we were created for Eden, right? <laughs> We were created, that was our original, the God's original creative intent was Eden. And that was just pure intimacy with God. Naked and unashamed. F- flawless relationship between us. Just un- undisturbed, undisconnected undis- connection. Creation, creator. Joy, fulfillment. But we are born into this world of disappointments. And the secret place is the place of restoration and redemption to that Eden, you know? You could call it the Eden place if you wanted to. Yeah, it just came to me right then. (laughs) Um, There there was a secret place is, is where we walk out the anguish of our souls before him. And he reconciles our longings with hope. He invites us into the vast gap between his heavenly realities and the worldly earthly ones. So he reconciles that whole void, the void that we see between this is, this is where he lives <laughs> and this is where we live and he reconciles that void. I, I know so many believers, sorry, I know so many people stuck in unbelief because they cannot reconcile this is what the kingdom of heaven should look like on earth and here are we stuck here in my little life. And what do I do with that big giant void? Those questions and the seeming unanswered prayers, that is what the secret place is for. Gideon said it so beautifully this morning that 
it gives you the courage to stand in the unanswered prayer and not lower your theology down to your experience. Um, there was a singer, and she journaled this for the world in the midst of her own journey, her own pretty tragic journey with cancer. She said this, <clears throat> There are times in my life where tears have become the only prayer I know. Prayers roll over my nostrils and drip down my forearms. They fall to the ground as I reach for Him. These are the prayers I repeat night, night and day, sunrise and sunset. You can call me bitter if you want to, that's fair. You can count me amongst the angry or amongst the cynical, the offended, the hardened, but count me also among the friends of God. For I have seen him in rare form. I have felt him exhale, laid in his shadow, squinted to read the message that he wrote for me in the grout. He says, I'm sad too. If an explanation would help, he would write me one. I know it. But maybe an explanation would only start an argument between us, and I don't want to argue with God. I want to lay in a hammock with him and trace the veins in his arms. She goes on and on, but what strikes me is that the secret place is also, it's for the mundane, nitty-gritty, hard things in life. The stuck places, the hard places, the painful places in our lives. Where do you turn in those moments? Yes, it's for glory. Yes, it's for power. But in the stuck moments, in the hard moments, in the painful moments in life, the secret place is the medicine cabinet. <laughs> it's, it's where his anointing and the ointment of Amen. his Holy Spirit is. I just want to finish. Um, I'm scrolling down 20 pages. And um, <clears throat> I just land this, eh? Uh, <laughs> there is, um, we come to him just to be with him, you know, just to dwell with him, just to know him more. But listen to this. These are the, these are the benefits of being in the secret place. This is Psalm 91. These are the promises, right? You will be delivered. You will receive deliverance from those against you who try to trap you, and from deadly sickness. Verse 3. <laughs> Verse 4, He will cover you from your enemies and from evil. Verse 5 and 6, You will have no fear in your life. You won't be afraid of sickness, darkness, destruction, or man-made weapons. No evil shall befall you. Others may fall, but you'll be protected. Verse 10, no sickness will come near you or your household. Sickness is never from God, and those who dwell in Him will be free from sickness and disease. 11 and 12, angels will guard and protect you. 13, you will have authority and power over Satan and his de demons. The Bible uses creatures like lions, serpents, scorpions to represent the enemy. And if you dwell in the secret place, you will trample them underfoot. Verse 15, God will answer your prayers. God will be with you in trouble. God will be with you as he was with other men and women of old who loved him. He will deliver and rescue you from trouble. Verse 16, you will be blessed with a long life. Many people think that God has a timestamp for you, 
But this verse says that how we live our lives judges when we'll die. If we dwell in God in a secret place, He promises to satisfy us with long life. He will show us His salvation. That's twofold. That's salvation and deliverance from times of trouble and evil on earth, but also eternal salvation with Him forever. That's a whole lot of promises. This is just one psalm. And I, and I, I encourage all of you to go and study that Psalm 91 and study it out and look at the benefits. Just This is just spend time in the secret place and all else will be given unto you. This is seek first the kingdom. In His presence, commune with Him throughout the day and you see His glory manifest in your life. You guys know that story of um, there's a woman in Bethany and she comes before Jesus and she breaks the alabaster jar of nard. Nord, nard. Uh, <laughs> and the religious people are getting angry, but she, she uses her hair, her hair. This is a woman... It says a sinful woman. You can guess what that means. She uses her hair to wash Jesus' feet with this aromatic, this perfume, this fragrance. And she's kissing his dirty feet. And she's, she's just bringing him a gift. And it's sacrificial. And it costs her. And it blesses him. And it's, it's messy. And it's, it's like she's pouring out her life's grief and yet her adoration and her worship of the one she loves, you know? And it's, it's beautiful. And the, the key to that is that she, she went there just to bless him. And it was sacrificial at her and there was reputation and people were talking and all that sort of stuff. But she left that room smelling like Jesus. She, she left that room carrying the fragrance of Jesus in her life. To me, that is the secret place. When we bring our offering, our sacrifice, our worship, our whatever, our junk, our stuff, and we lay it at His feet and we say, Lord, this is yours. It's all I have. This is my trampled on heart. This is my body of pain. This is my life. And I give it to you. May it bless you as a fragrant offering. And you go away never the same. You go away smelling like the one you've been with. Carrying that fragrance wherever you go. Let's, uh, let's, let's stand. God, we have a desire to connect with you, to be intimate with you, to dwell with you. It's just a hunch, but I reckon that you put that in us. 
because it says that you first loved us. You took the initiative. You woo us to yourself. You draw us in. And Lord, we respond. And tonight, Lord God, we just we want to give a whole full-hearted response. We're, we're all in. We're all in. No more slumbering. No more busy, distracted. There's other priorities. No, you are our priority, Jesus. We want to pour our lives out for you before you. We want to be a fragrant offering. We want, we want the sacrifice to, to, to cost us. Cost us the unanswered questions. Cost us the pain. But just to express our love and gratitude to you. We thank you for all the many promises and all the many benefits that are uh, released to us through that secret place, Lord. But usher each and every one of us tonight into a deeper intimacy with you. That we would come to that loving, intimate connection with you. We would be undone before you. We wouldn't hide anything. That you would see us and we'd know that we're known by you and our innermost being. I thank you for the transformative power of your secret place, of your Eden. We just want more of you, Jesus. We want to gaze upon your beauty. We want to look into your eyes of fiery love and be undone by you. Would you meet with us? Would you meet with us now? Would you meet with us tomorrow? Would you meet with us daily, constantly? We want to walk in unceasing, unending connection with you. We want to live our lives before you, connected intimately to you. We don't want to break connection with you. Thank you for your for your wooing. And we just submit, Lord, to your wooing.